Welcome to episode 24 of the Care Team Podcast. Uh, our motto is change the way you think, change your life. Uh, today is Thursday, February 25th. And today we're talking about our cosmic yes, loving our neighbor in action. Awesome. Well, to get us kicked off, uh, we, we have a, uh, a fun question for today. And that is, we know that parents are, are uh, parents and even teachers and students and, and kiddos are are really trying to uh, navigate this challenge of, of e-learning. And so we thought, how better to kick this off uh, than to th- talk about our e-learning either experiences, uh, you can <laughs> use a life hack, so something that does work, or you can talk about how you've tried something and it, it was an epic failure. So uh, I'm just going to kick it off. Whoever wants to start. Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. First of all, Jessica calls it unlearning, not e-learning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll tell you what not to do. Um, what you don't want to do is let your youngest son keep his uh, video games in his room during e-learning. I walked in the other day, and he likes to play his video games laying in his bed. So I, I come in, and the computer's on his bed and open, and he's laying down with his headphones on, and right next to it is the Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. and he. Dad, I'm just monitoring the switch. I'm doing my homework, <laughs> oh, oh. but I'm just monitoring the switch. And he couldn't understand for the life of him why I needed to remove that from his room. So yeah. uh, maybe some of you are out there going, no, duh. But if you haven't removed distractions from their room during e-learning, I recommend it. Yeah. I recommend yeah. it. Callie, Lori? I am 100% not a fan of e-learning. My, my son struggles with it, too. We had the same scenario in my house. Yeah. I walk in... My son is laying on his bed. His Chromebook for school is open. He's looking at his phone with one eye, and he's mostly asleep. <laughs> so any suggestions anybody has, I'm, I'm willing to take. But I think the biggest one for me is um, for a long time, my son was home alone doing homeschool. Yeah. Which, you know, he's old enough to be there, but he just, there was nothing to keep his mind stimulated, and he would just sleep through his classes. Um, and also making sure he gets up out of bed and, and sits up to, to do work, which is it's kind of a struggle to make that happen too. But he is an adolescent man. He, he is. Yes. yes, very much so. <laughs> well, I'm in college and I do, I go to school only online. So I'm always e-learning and I really like it, but I've heard from a lot of parents when their kids have to stay home and e-learn that it is quite a struggle. So I empathize with you guys, but that's my life. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for mine, uh, a couple things, like I, I was actually talking to somebody on our staff today about uh, how do we navigate some things, and it doesn't work always well for the, you know, for team memory, but uh, is one is we, we actually bought a small board and we say these are the school rules, and so just to make sure it's all, you know, it's all out there, it's very clear, they can get to it, they know that's mom and dad's board, nobody else's, we're not going to, you know, scribble things on there, so that, that that's really helped us. And then the other thing too that's really been helpful is uh, part of our kids' curriculum is that they have uh, books that are read to them that are a, a slightly higher level, uh, something that they couldn't normally read on their own. And so that can be a lot for parents. Like I'm <laughs> like, okay, I I really hope we get to figure out you know where the red fern does grow, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, but uh, anyways, uh, but all seriousness, so there, there's like Audible books and things like that, and there's uh, there's there's some subscriptions where they have a ton of Audible books. And, uh, so if you're just trying to find a way to, to read to your kids, if that's part of their curriculum, uh, that, that's really a good way and an easy way to do it, Not to at least ease some of the burden. So, well, And you should definitely finish Where the Red Fern Grows. That's one of my favorite books. Yeah. I read it in eighth grade. Yeah. I, I think I read it like in 
sixth grade, something like that. I don't know. So, uh, maybe it's eighth grade, but anywhere the dog. It was dies, one of those middle school. Or yes, anywhere the dog. The dog. You just ruined it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, this idea of a cosmic yes, uh, and and how we can serve our neighbors. Uh, what does that look like, and and how does it? What does it look like to embrace and to seek out, find, identify, and our Christ-centered calling. And let me let me jump in here because we had this fun discussion at the top of uh, putting all the microphones and everything, getting everything hooked up, and we had come up with this topic a few weeks ago. When, the reason we named it Cosmic Yes is we've been having, for those of you who are not following along with our services here, we're in a series that are is talking about deepening our yes and each week is sort of a different yes. And so we didn't we didn't want to repeat uh, one of the yeses happening in our series. And so we're calling this a cosmic yes because uh, this is sort of an all-encompassing yes. We're saying yes to uh, the greatest commandments. And uh, so no, not to jump too far ahead, but uh, before you thought we were really getting out there with topics <laughs> like a cosmic yes, it really does make sense. Yeah. Well, and, and so as we, as we kind of start this off, like, you know, I, I, I was doing some reading, um, and I know that serving can be, it can be stressful. It can be overwhelming. It could be, where do I start? What do I do? What has God, you know, I, I, you know, I don't even know what to do myself. You know, what, what do you mean? I need to figure out what, what God has for me. So, um, you know, I, I know from my wife and I, when we first joined Northside, um, we didn't really know what to do for, so for a few years, we just, uh, one of the things we did and we had a blast was, uh, greeting folks, setting up tables or not, excuse me, tables, but chairs, uh, and taking chairs down because we were in a kind of a transition stage there. But a couple of quotes I, I came across that I thought were very, uh, pertinent for this was, uh, a person named Eugene Debs. Uh, years ago, I realized my kinship with all living things. I made up my mind that I was not one bit better than the meanest on the earth. I said then, and I say now that while there is a lower class, I am in it. While there is a criminal element, I am of it. While there is a soul in prison, I am not free. And then another uh, West Point candidate, so as a fellow veteran, uh, uh, I, I really like this quote too here. Risk more than others think is safe. Care more than others think is wise. Dream more than others think is practical. Expect more than others think is possible. Mm, that's good. I like that. So just, yeah, mm. just, just a couple of things, you know, just it, you don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. I, you know, big influence in my life, um, for those of you who are listening and don't know, I was a counselor for many years before being called into full-time ministry and did a lot of my work in that time with recovery, recovering people, learning the 12-step program, et cetera. And kind of fundamental to recovery is the idea of service. Um, they, uh, I won't go into all three legs, but they talk about a three-legged stool and that service is literally one of those legs. And as you know, if you took one leg away from a three-legged stool, you're not <laughs> going to be very stable. And so that's, that's how much importance they put on service and giving back. And the idea is that, uh, for them, for recovering people, someone before them served so that the 12-step program would be there and be available to them when they came. I like that. And they're to pass that on. And I, I think sometimes, unfortunately, as Christians, uh, we, we, we don't and should sort of carry that same motto, that idea that, you know, church is here, Christianity's here, my ability to, to know Christ is here because somebody else shared that with me, gave to me, helped me in my time of need. Uh, are we doing that for other people? Are we freely given, giving what we were freely given? And uh, 
you know, Jessica and I have always tried to serve at some level, and that doesn't mean you have to be the leader of leaders, opening the door, greeting, these kinds of things. Like, are you? what are you doing in some way And just to say thank you, just to give back? I, I, I think um, for me sometimes I think – I think about serving and I think about my life and I think I don't have time <laughs> to serve. There are just too many other things going on. I, I just can't, I can, I'll do that later when my life is less busy. Like, like that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but really there have been some people in my life who have, have just served me sacrificially and, you know, I wouldn't be able to do some of the things I do without people who help me out. And, you know, serving someone doesn't have to be, like Tom said, you don't have to be a leader. You don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, a grand gesture or you're a leader of a team, you know, every single week, it can just be serving the people you work with, you know, just bringing them a small gift or doing something just to make somebody's life a little bit easier. And I think, I think sometimes for me, I just, I make it too big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm the same way. I think in that capacity where I'm like, I don't feel like I have enough time to serve or, um, I can't serve this person in a big way. Like, um, something I really enjoy doing is just shepherding others. And I feel like sometimes I have to invest so much time to help someone when in actuality, that's not always the case. It's just making sure that people know that you're there for them or that they're cared for by you. Um, not always just like, I have to invest all this time in helping but it's more of just like letting people know that you're there and you're available for them. I think that's important. I was reminded about this uh, as we were prepping for today, how our leadership team was, was preaching uh, from the stage and they were talking about this, all the one another's in the Bible and, and there's a ton. And so I I just picked out a few for this, uh, for this podcast. And so I just want to read those off because I know that when you start thinking about how much God's word is written about one another, it's just, it's powerful. So uh, so love one another, accept, restore, carry one another's burdens, serve, forgive, submit, bear with, teach, encourage, spur on, confess. You know, it's just all these things. And, uh, you know, I was reminded a couple years ago that it's hard to one another when you're not in community. It's hard to one mm-hmm. another when you're not, when there's no other. You know, God created us to be interdependent, mm-hmm. um, not to be independent. Um we fight that a lot in the Western world, especially in the United States, yep. that uh, don't tread on me. I'm going to do my own thing. And we're, we're not, as Christians, we're to be in the world and not of it. Uh, and so we should look different in how we support one another and how we deal with one another. Scripture is clear that people will know who we are and who we belong to by our love for one another. Yep. And love is not it can be a sentiment, but it's certainly not just a sentiment. We talked about that a little bit in our Valentine's Day podcast, but the idea that love is action. Um, mm-hmm. And the cool thing about love in action is I don't even necessarily have to be feeling loving to do a loving thing. And right. often mm-hmm. the feeling will chase the act. I'll reach out. I'll do what I know I need to be doing. I, I'll do it out of gratitude to the Lord. And then suddenly I'm filled with his presence and his love as a result of reaching out and doing something for someone else. Right. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of a time where I've served someone, whether I did it willingly or begrudgingly that I wasn't blessed by it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing yeah, I was reminded about too, as we were prepping for this was, um, I think it was Neil Cole talked about, uh, the idea that, uh, a church should look, should be more like a river instead of a pond. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the, 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 the analogy there, it's like a pond, it's, 
The water's still. Uh, you you can go into the pond, uh, and you can come out the exact same way you came out. Uh, not a whole lot changes, you know, inside of a pond. Whereas like a river, uh, when you go into a river, it's really challenging, especially without a boat or something, to get back without a powerboat <laughs> to get back to where you came in at. And so a river is constantly flowing. Uh, it's constantly carving things out. It's constantly moving. And, uh, you know, it's just a good word picture, just, or uh, I guess a good way to uh, visualize, you know, what, what, what a church should look like. Let and me so, jump yeah. in there. Cause I heard a slightly different. Oh, I did thought, you? Yeah. But very similar. And it was a good friend of mine used to talk about the difference between the sea of Galilee and the dead sea. Yeah. And he would talk about how the dead sea hoards, mm-hmm. there's no outlet. Yeah. It, it, it takes and it takes and it takes and it's lifeless. Birds don't fly over. Fish can't live in it. Everything is yeah. dead. But the Sea of Galilee, it's in one side, out the other. For every drop it's given, it gives a drop. And oh, that wow. is okay. what keeps it fresh and new and living. Yeah. And so when the Lord talks about our cup runneth over, mm-hmm. it should be running over into the lives and the communities and the people around yeah. us and that, it, and that that keeps us cleaned out so he can fill us anew every day. We yeah. don't stagnate. We don't die. And and I and in that context, I heard it tied into the idea of faith without works is dead, yeah. which is also true here. You know, we don't. We are saved. One, we are saved a hundred percent by by grace, by God's grace, by His goodness. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't have works in our life. That yeah. goodness and that free gift should 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 make us want to take action mm-hmm. and to reach out to other people and. We've said it, and we'll. I, I think a lot of our ideas today will probably be re- repeated, but they're worth repeating. Mm-hmm. And this idea again that serving could be, you know, washing dishes after a church function. Mm-hmm. Serving could be, uh, I go next door to my neighbor who is not able to go outside at all for COVID, and I see if they have some work around their home that needs to be done because they mm-hmm. they're elderly and they're ill or wh- whatever it is. That how am I? putting my faith and my love into action. Yep. Right. Well, and what oh, a great yeah. way to build community. Sometimes, you know, people, you know, especially adults think it's it's hard to get into community or make friends and just reaching out to somebody. I mean, you you start those conversations, you mm-hmm. learn about someone and you start becoming interdependent and, you know, just helps with lots of things. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Lori, because it's so true. I mean, I, I know one of the, the trends that we see in counseling is uh, many times where we ask, you know, what, what's your what's your walk with Christ like? Oh, I'm a Christian. Okay, well, uh, well, what's that look like? And you start unpacking a few things and you get to community. And it's like many times, no, I wouldn't say all the time, but many times it's we don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. We have nobody to go to. And it's heartbreaking. And and, it, and you don't have to stay there. Like you, you don't have to accept that as as uh, as your future. I mean that may that may be your past, but it doesn't mean it has to define you, define you going forward. So, Tommy or or any for that matter, Callie, yeah. Lori, somebody talk a little bit about. I'll kind of say what maybe community is not, and it would be great if you would talk a little bit about more what it looks like to be in community. You know, just attending church, and please don't hear me wrong. We mm-hmm. love that you attend mm-hmm. church, whether that's online or in person at this point, but that is not community. You might even sit in this near the same section every time you come in and still not be in community. Yep. Even if I recognize your face and say hi to you every time you're at church, you're not in community. No depth. Community, yeah. that's right. Community is yep. about doing life together. So maybe you guys could talk about some of the different, especially here at Northside, but just in general, the ways that we're, we're in community. 
Yep. Well, I mean, a couple of things too is like, uh, as far as like examples, you mean like, okay, sure. Yeah. So, uh, within the context of care, we have a, a ton of different groups. Uh, if you, if you're not familiar with our groups, go to mynorshacom slash care. And, and I, I love the phrase that, uh, that I've heard you say a couple of times and others, and that is that, uh, uh, if we don't have a group for you, let's talk about it. We may be able to create a group for you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but we, we want to have that conversation. You know, we don't want to just be like, sorry, we ain't got a group. Uh, but, uh, that, that's definitely not, uh, that's not how the care team rolls. I'm just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there's groups here, uh, you know, for a lot of different, uh, unique, uh, seasons of life. Um, and then we've also got life groups, uh, that, that, that's another option. So there's men's groups, women's groups. Uh, there, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's groups that meet on campus. There's groups that meet in people's homes. Uh, and so I, I know like meeting in people's homes can be scary. Uh, uh, the, you know, especially you're like, well, I don't know if I want to go to that person's place or does that mean they're going to come to my house? Because <laughs> gonna have, to uh, clean. have they seen my house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Have they seen my family? Have they seen the, my van, you know, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, but uh, I think thinking about, um, community in the context of care night, when I went through my divorce, um, four or five years ago, you know, it's, it's a whole new experience and it's hard and it's lonely. And, you know, kind of in the process of that, sometimes you lose some friends because they're married friends or just for, you know, for lots of reasons. Um, but coming to divorce care, uh, at care night was the best thing I could have done. Not only did I get helpful, you know, useful information, but I had people around me that were walking with me, you know, through this hard time in my life. And, and some of those people are still really good friends today. I mean, it's something I'm really thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, life groups are really important. I've been in several life groups since I've been to Northside and it's been so impactful just on my walk with Christ and being able to even just let people know the struggles that I'm having, um, in my individual life. Um, just things that I'm having a really hard time with, um, just having those people to encourage me and to kind of guide me back to what God says about, um, about my circumstance instead of just focusing on what only I can see. And I think for right now, I just have a group of really good friends that have been really intentional. Um, and I can just always reach out and be like, I need prayer right now, you know, or just making sure that they're helping me understand that, um, how God is working in my life, even though I know sometimes and like I seek that out for myself, but just having people that are also wanting to encourage me through that. Yeah. I know Tommy was talking about this a little bit, so I won't steal your, your thunder completely, Tommy, because you were something you told your, your life group. But I would just say hearing Lori and Callie talk, they reminded me that remember community changes over time. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not locked in, um, what you need now may not be what you need five years down the road. Um, and that's the cool thing about a large dynamic body like Northside Christian church is that we kind of have something, no matter where you're at, there is, there is no good reason to not be in community. And, um, we're going to here in a week or so, a few weeks, maybe we're going to, um, have on some of our pastors talking about outreach and missions, and those are opportunities to even do service as a group yeah. and, and your life group or to go with a group down to uh, another country and build a house for someone, uh, bless somebody in, in lots of different ways. But uh, Tommy, talk a little bit about what you were saying before we were getting started about 
your heart and desire for people as they get into community and into things like a life group? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what we're talking about is, is really kind of like the, uh, the third step of discipleship. And, and th- th- that third step is, you know, and at, at Northside, we, we call it Christ community and calling. And so it's really that third step. And, and, and that, and that, that looks different, um, across whatever community you're in or, or wherever you're at in your walk, but it really comes down to multiplication. And so, uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember with our life group, uh, when we met for the first time a couple of years ago, it was literally day one. And I, I don't know, we had one couple didn't show up after that. so I don't know if I like scared them off, but when I, after I said this, but I, I said, look, I said, it's my hope and prayer that in six months to a year, year and a half, two years, three years that you guys are not in this group. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, I, I want you guys to break off and I want you guys to start your own group. And so my, my, my previous group, we, we had a split. And so a couple of folks uh, went one way. Uh, we, we started our own group and then we've actually had splits in our group. Uh, so, which, which is awesome. It, it's not, it's, it's a sad moment, but it's also, it's a, it's a, it's an exciting moment and you still keep in touch. Like my, uh, my group from a few years ago, we still have like reunions every now and then. So, uh, it's, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah. I, I wanted to, um, talk a little bit too, cause we've, we've kind of jumped a little bit from the service piece to the community piece. And yeah. I, I want to tie that in because we do service sort of within the community that the yeah. way that these two things dovetail together, um, is that, and, and we don't only do service unto ourselves, um, but we, we are largely a family. We're a body of believers, a family, uh, we have in common our savior and our faith, and we are to love and to serve one another. And so I think the the place we start first, the place we practice service, the place we learn service is one to another Christians. We can and should, however, reach out and do service outside our community because that's, as Lori, I think, was saying, that's how we add to our community. Right. Um, and again, how service looks. I wanted to read us some scripture. I don't often do that, and it's a little bit lengthy, so if you'll bear with me, but it's Matthew 25, 31 through 40. Um, and this is pretty strongly worded. This isn't the NIV, uh, but it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you a sick when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And so when we serve, whether that's one another or outside our community, we never know who we're entertaining. Yep. And, and I, I think, you know, I, um, mother Teresa was interviewed at one point, uh, in Calcutta and asked how it was that she could do what she did day after day with the people who were in that society, the dregs of society, 
the lowest of the low, the very sick, the contagious. How was she able to do that? And she said, because every person to me was the face of Jesus. She Mm -hmm. said, in every person that I helped, I saw the face of Jesus. I was not ministering necessarily unto them, but unto my Lord. And in doing so was in the service of the people as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of people, you know, you might be asking, you know, as far as like when you're diving in and, and serving, you know, uh, couple things that came to my mind too was I, I remember my, uh, one of my former leaders, they talked about this, this idea of 10 things that require zero talent. And I'm sure everybody's probably seen that. And so, uh, it really comes down to just, you know, recognizing the need, uh, and, and, and how we're called to, to serve in our calling. But it, 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 there, there's really so many things you can do that it really it didn't require anything. It's just show up. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, they, we needed some help grilling hamburgers on the, on the patio. And I, I, I was like, where's everybody at? And they're like, we need people to grill burgers. I'm like, I don't. Okay. So I go back there <laughs> and there's flames everywhere. <laughs> uh, grease everywhere. Like, I mean, yeah. Praise God. I had my but sunglasses. The smell of cooking beef everywhere oh, too. Man. <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah. It was great. Yeah. But we had a blast and, and it, I, I was like, I don't, you know, I can't tell if it's done or not because I can't get close enough to it because the flames are so high. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that it's probably okay. Somebody might get a, a overdone. You know, some people might get a, you know, medium. Sorry if you got a medium out there. <laughs> but it was uh, made with love. So but it was okay. awesome. Yeah, we had a good time. I'm not really sure how one of the guys survived without. You know, was able to to get out of there without all of his hair or with all of his hair. But anyways, but uh, <laughs> but you know, when we think about that though, and we we see things like uh, in James, like James James chapter two. Uh, you know, it talks about, you know, faith without works is dead. And so people, you know, sometimes people will look at the Bible and say, well, the Bible is not, it's not inerrant. It's not infallible. There, there, there's contradictions there. And, and it's like, well, I just, first and foremost, I want to proclaim the Bible is inerrant, infallible, sufficient, accurate, reliable, true. Uh, so I just want to make sure that's I'm, clear. I'm glad you did that because I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I, I just want to throw it out there that I, I, I believe all those things. And so when you, when you read things like James too, it's like, well, how does that work when you when you go back to Galatians two, and you hear Paul, you know, talking to Peter, and it's like, well, what it is is, it's, uh, yes, you know, faith without works is dead. That is accurate, uh, and he says it multiple times in James two. But what he's actually talking about, he actually is calling back to Galatians, but not Galatians two. He's calling back to Galatians five and the fruits of the spirit. And so when you when you when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, your personal Lord and Savior, and and and, and you you are following Christ and you are in community you're going to have these things called the fruits of the spirit. If you're not familiar with it, uh, Galatians five, it's a really great passage talks about the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. But, uh, that, that, that's what he's saying there. It's like, because we are a new creation, because we died to self, because, you know, because we're following Jesus, we have the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, uh, side note, you can actually easily remember all nine of those because the first three are one syllable, the second two or the second three are two syllable, and the last three are three syllables. So, anyways, uh, that must have been a homeschool lesson. <laughs> it was a homeschool lesson. Yes, very good. It definitely was. Yeah. So that, that was something we learned at homeschool. So, but just you know, as you think about that, so it's like okay, so we we know that there's a lot of things we can do that required no talent. We're following Jesus. So what we do? Show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say hey, I just want to serve. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Trust you me. We will. We we have plenty of places we would love to connect you with across all the departments, across children's ministry, across care ministry, That's across, right. uh, you know, creative. I mean, like there is just so many places that, uh, you know, to go back to your point, Tom, if it weren't for the people who are volunteering now, we wouldn't be able to provide right. a lot of these services. Right. So. Yeah. And that, that goes back to what I said earlier. Yeah. 
all you have to do is show up. Yeah. We mm-hmm. or I, a lot of people, we just make it we make serving too hard. We think it has to be this big complicated thing and we have to have these amazing talents. But no, we just have to be there, show up and be available. Yeah. I, I, I did want to, uh, you know, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here shortly, but I wanted to kind of talk about a few, you know, a, a couple of next steps. Maybe this is where you're at. Maybe it's not. Uh, maybe there's some other next steps and may, you know, hopefully you guys have some too is one is that if you don't feel like you're convicted in an area, turn it over to God, be like, God, you know, break my heart for, for serving others. That's you know, right. pray mm-hmm. that God convicts you, uh, seek out that conviction. You know, that, that, that's a very easy way to do it. Uh, you know, I remember we were part of a, a, a inner city, missionary, missional community is what, yeah, missional community. And uh, we, we would go down to the, this area and, and serve, you know, routinely for a few hours every week. And uh, we actually got to the point where we're like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this as well as what we need to do it unless we move down here. So then the question was, God, are you calling us to sell our house and move down here? Uh, we, di- we didn't get that, that calling, you know, it just, but, but we were like, hey, God, if that's your will, you know, because, you know, Jesus says, follow me. So it's like, we need to, we need to listen and follow him. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe you're being called to move to a particular area. Maybe, maybe you just need to, uh, you know, move to an area. Maybe you need to serve among some folks uh, just to listen to them. I mean, just listen. Some people, they, they need somebody to hear. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes you need to encourage. Sometimes you just need to let people know their love. Sometimes you need to pray with them uh, or, or for them. So, uh, mm-hmm. but just, you know, just, just understand that there's many different ways you can get plugged in. And, and that you're, Laura, you're absolutely right. Just show up. That's all you got to do. Be willing and able to serve. You know, uh, you were talking about showing up, serving, trusting the Lord to give you what you need. I remember um, working with addicts that there was a guy that was newly sober and had committed his life to the Lord. Um, but he just he he was rest, He just didn't want to take that next step of really giving his all to God. And someone asked him, well, what's your hesitation? And he said, I'm afraid God's going to turn me into a missionary and send me to South America. And his friend patted him on the knee and said, don't worry, God would teach you Spanish first. <laughs> and, you know, so we we might get these larger callings on our life, but don't get ahead of yourself and don't get worried about that. You'll know when the time is right for that and if that's what, what you're being moved into. Start simple, start small, come help serve communion, come open the door for somebody at the church, shake hands, be a greeter, help people check their kids in at church. Um you know, one of my one of the greatest times of my life was also one of the busiest times of my life. Uh, my wife was still in graduate school. I was working full time, um, and I was mentoring about six different guys. And mm-hmm. I would meet with all of them at least an hour a week, mm-hmm. and uh, just just walking them in their spiritual walk. And I can tell you that I. If you looked on paper, I didn't have enough time to do everything, but it was absolutely one of the most rewarding times in my life. And at least a couple of them, you know, they're lifelong friends now. We've been friends since. And so just um, uh, it's amazing how uh, I think it's a line from one of the uh, secular 12-step programs, but they talk about this idea of watching a community build up around you, Mm -hmm. you know, that as you give yourself, and it may be a little bit of what Lori was talking about, about just reaching out to a neighbor or whatever, you can build community. But one of my favorite quotes um, from the textbook from AA is, the spiritual life is not a theory, we have to live it. Mm-hmm. The spiritual life is not a theory, we have to live it. It's great to come to church. It's great to say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, those are wonderful thoughts and ideas. They can make us feel all warm and good on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear a great message about it, and then we go home and do our own thing. Yeah. yeah, And so the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. 
you know what? We, our problem as sin, sinful human beings is our self-centeredness. Yeah. And when we are working on behalf of somebody else and serving them, we're not thinking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we're not thinking about ourselves, we're in much better shape. So I just encourage you, if nothing else, if you can't find any other motivation to help, just know that you'll be better off. Yep. You'll be in better shape when you're helping and thinking about yeah. somebody else. Um, I just want to turn it over to, to Callie and Lori, and then I, I've got a final question for Tom. So, <laughs> I think another thing when we were talking about serving and just showing up and starting small, I feel like a lot of people um, serve because they know they need to, and then they don't really feel much different when they're serving. They just don't feel like they're plugged into the right area. Um, and I also just want to encourage you, like, the more um, you are willing to serve, God will give you a prompting to move on to something that you desire. Um, God knows our hearts well, um, and we were made to serve others. And I just, there's always a good place for you to get plugged in. And so I just want to encourage people, if you feel like you're not plugged in in the right place, like there will always be a good spot for you somewhere. Right, so. But sometimes it's just taking that, st- even if yeah. it's not the right place, just taking that step, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's going to be blessed and you'll eventually end up where you're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Well, and one thing too, I, I, I know we talk a little about introverts uh, on here and, and within our team. Why are you looking at me? I'm not looking, <laughs> I'm just looking at the chair behind you. Uh, but I'm just saying that uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what well, one of the, one of the super easy ways to get plugged in to serve is to pray for people. And we have a prayer wall. If you guys haven't been to mynorsa.com slash info, uh, you can go to the prayer wall and you can literally pray for people. And the cool thing is they can sign up to let people to that where people will, uh, they'll get notified if you pray for them. And it's just an encouragement mm-hmm. throughout the That's day. Cool. It's yeah. something you can do literally in the, in the comfort of your own home. But I do have one final question for Tom. All right. uh, yeah. Cause I, I think, I think it's very, I think it's very applicable. And that is, uh, I know we were talking today and, and earlier, and that was, uh, you know, just this idea of, um, basically taking care of our, our very first disciples within our home, within our house. And so, and so, uh, and also just serving in general, but you have a quote, I can't remember now if it's like, you can't give something you don't have, or you can't, you can't transmit something you haven't got. Can you unpack that just as we, yeah, I can. And I think that's across topics. It's across, you know, if, if, uh, for example, um, Take something simple like uh, changing the oil in your car. Mm. I'm not going to be able to teach anybody else or my son, for that matter, how to change oil in the car if I haven't changed oil in the car. I have to be able to have at least at some level started something, be walking through something before I can come beside someone and help them and, and take them there. And we've seen this in in people, and, and you have probably too, those of you listening, where, uh, hey, I want to help people, um, you know, with their grief. Well, you haven't dealt with your grief. How are you, how are you going to walk people through their grief and help them with their grief? And again, I don't expect somebody to have everything solved and figured out, but if you haven't at least started into that process, mm-hmm. um, we talk all the time in recovery programs about, you know, preferably you've been through all 12 steps before you start walking somebody through them. But if you're on step eight and somebody else is on step one, you can at least start walking them through up to where you're at. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I hope that helped. But yeah, this idea that I've got to, uh, you know, if, if I don't have faith 
how do I transmit faith to somebody? Yeah. If I, if I can't say, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, I trust him in my life and I'm not walking that out, I can verbalize that all day long to somebody else, but I can't I can't show them, I can't transmit yeah. that to them if I don't have that in my own life. Well, and also too, just in the context of, you know, if we if you are getting started and yeah, you know, I, I was thinking too, like uh and hopefully people who are listening hear this as a uh as as a relief. And that is, you know, if if you're if you're hearing us talk about serving and and let's just say life is hitting you hard, you know. I would encourage you to take care of your first disciples. I would encourage you to yes. take care of your family, you know, yes. you know get yourself uh, in a healthy spot because, uh, you know, kind of going back to that, I, and I can't, I can't remember, you, maybe you said, I, don't know, I heard you say something before we got started, but basically it's like, like, look, you know, make, we got to make sure that, you know, even ourselves, like we have to make sure that our, our households are in order. Yeah. Uh, Cause see, other, yeah. see that your own house is in order. Yeah. 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 So, yep. uh, but, uh, well, as we get to wrap up, we're reminded that prayer is primary. And I'm going to see if Callie yeah. will pray us out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, dear God, just thank you for today. Thank you for laying it on our hearts to share about serving and how important it is to your church and um, how important it is to your body. Um, just thank you for the opportunity um, to just share with those listening. Thank you for those of you who have tuned in. And I hope that God has laid it on your heart. Um to either further your serving or just get plugged into serving or just take a next step. Um, God, just thank you for all that you do for us and thank you for your thankfulness. Um, thank you for working even when we can't see it. And thank you for giving us the example of serving just to show your love even further. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, you can join us every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others. Amazon Music, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or go to mynorsa.com slash care for additional resources. We love you guys, and see you next week.